0: When we make a sacrifice, Paul tells us in Romans chapter 12, it's to be a living sacrifice, one that's continual. And in fact, the old sacrificial system held the same understanding, a continual sacrifice. But when God himself makes a sacrifice, it's once for all, as we'll see next on Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Residual I'm sorry. you know the drill. You've done something wrong, you're profoundly sorry, you tell the person you're sorry, and you continue to tell them time after time for the next few weeks or months even. It's a sacrifice that continues on. But here in God's word, Hebrews chapter 10, we're reminded of a sacrifice that is good once for all. No need to revisit. And we'll examine that marvelous sacrifice and the significance of that once for all sacrifice today. Join us, this is Truth For Today, our teacher and pastor now, here in Hebrews chapter 10, Pastor Phil Howard.
1: Now You've got to know a priest in those days made about five to six sacrifices a day, 360 days a year, Jewish calendar 360 days, constantly offering it. sacrifice, 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 the drudgery of being an Old Testament priest. But here he said, Lord, his Messiah talking to God, you're you're tired of sacrifice and offering. You want somebody that wants to obey you first, and I've come to do your will, and I'm going to take to myself a body, and I'm going to go to the cross. Think of Christ doing this. Here he's on the throne looks down at the Levitical system that's not working and knows that the only thing that could ever satisfy God to eliminate the debt was a sacrifice that was as holy as God. So it eliminated all of mankind. If you killed a hundred men, a thousand men, nobody would ever Meet the specifications of God. So here, God, the Son, and the Father work it out. He says, What if I become a man? What if the infinite is willing to shrink and become an infant? And on the brink, some believe this psalm was said on the brink upon coming into the world before he decided to join himself to the human ovum of a girl. There's a human ovum there. It was real. And deity is going to provide the counterpart sperm. So you got a real pregnancy. There was a real pregnancy in the virgin. It was a virgin conception. And so on that moment, he said, Father, this is what you wanted. I'm leaving you. I'm leaving the throne. I'm going to join myself to Mary's body because I'm the only thing that can satisfy you in the payment of sin. And I'm going to obey you perfectly. I'm going to be everything you always wanted in the sacrifice that the Old Testament proved to be a joke and totally inadequate. And so on the verge of stepping out of glory, he's doing this. You've given up on animal sacrifices. You all accept nothing but a perfectly willing, obedient servant. And that's no one less than his son. And that's why Christ became man. To be the sacrifice, the sacrifice for our sins. Well, verse 11 and 12, he says the regular priests minister daily, offering repeatedly the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. But when Christ had offered for all time a single sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God, waiting to conquer his enemies. You, you, you don't get it. You don't, you, you're clueless because you're not Jewish, and you haven't seen the blood pour out of the temple. For a Jew to hear this in the first century, God's got one sacrifice that will do for all time, and this ends, this ends the whole sacrificial system. I read a sermon years ago by Angel Martinez, and he said, when Christ came as the Lamb of God, in the Gospels, the first one told that he would come were probably temple shepherds that they raised lambs because if you kill 300,000 lambs on one day, I want to tell you the shepherds are making a living off of the religious system. Where are you going to get the lambs? Many people would buy them nearby in Jerusalem because they didn't want to carry them from the north and carry that animal or bring that animal all the way. So many times they'd get to Jerusalem, go to the animal market and buy their lamb, buy their lamb and take it give it to the priest. But he notified the shepherds first. And Martinez said, because he wanted them to sign up for unemployment, he just put them out of a job. Won't be needing any more lambs. Close your business. And look at the Jew today. He has no sacrifice. He has no priest. He has no temple. And he has no future unless he receives Messiah. In the destruction of the temple, they lost the meeting place. They lost the Aaronic priesthood. The records have been scattered. The sacrifices are gone, not because they accepted Christ, but because the Romans devastated the place. They have nothing. And here he says, this one once and for all, and to prove to you that he's done, In all the Old Testament furnishings, there were no chairs. You were never done. What did he do? (sighs) It's done. Just got to do it once. It's done forever. He sat down. It's done. It's it's behind. He's just saying, got it done. No more. No more. No more. That did it. Third thing. What good did it do? Old Testament didn't seem to change the worshiper. What does this new sacrifice do? Five things. You ready? Number one, I cannot believe, I'm saying that sarcastic, it is hard to believe that he accomplished these things about us. Wait till you hear it. Number one, verse 10 And by that will we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Christ once for all. Sanctified means what? Set apart to God. Declared holy. And that is set apart for God totally. Now, we use sanctification. It's used of a present tense that I'm becoming holy. I'm becoming more like Christ. And I'm in a process of looking like Christ. But Here, it sounds like a finished deal, doesn't it? And by that will, we have been in the past. And in the Greek, it would be this way. Just imagine this is a period. Boom. In Greek, they call it punctiliar with abiding results. It happened in a point in time, and it abides. Guess what? On the basis of Christ's sacrifice, he has set you apart for God forever. You are sanctified for you're seen in Christ. And First Corinthians 1.30, Christ is our sanctification. If you've never been holy before, you're now holy if you belong to Christ. You're holy in the sight of God. Why should I care what you think I look like if I know how he sees me? Which is the greater verdict on you? God's verdict of you, how he sees you? For man, Sverdi, and he says, number one, I see you here, and the second one, I want inscribed on my forehead so my wife can read it about me, and that is verse fourteen. For by a single offering, he has perfected. I want to put it right here. I am perfect in God's sight. What do you think? He has perfected. For all time, those who are in the process of being sanctified. So I've been set apart, done for God. Now he says, I'm perfect in the sight of God based on the sacrifice of his son. You know, a lot of people, uh, this is a common saying don't go to church, they'll make you feel guilty. You know, you go to church for your guilty fix. If you're not guilty enough, let it bang on you a little bit, and you'll be guilty. Yeah, I went to church. I feel guilty. I'm rotten. I'm guilty. No, 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 no. You ought to come to church to find out what God thinks of you. Jesus said, I didn't come to condemn men. I found you condemned. You're already guilty. Uh, and sometimes you just look at a person. "Hey, okay, I did it. I'm sorry. Wait, wait what did I say? you already guilty. You know, some, I'm sure it came to people. I'm guilty. I didn't mean it. What? Your conscience, the spirit, you land it guilty. We don't make you guilty. But church ought to be a place where when you tell what Christ has done, he takes the worst of sinners, sets them apart for his use, perfects you in Christ. uh, Colossians 2, 9 and 10, we are complete in Christ, the fullness of God. No animal sacrifice could do that. No preacher can do that. No saint can do that. You get where you're perfect. But don't get mixed up, honey. It's not on your walk, it's based upon your position in Jesus. You're perfect in Christ. Now, here's what he's doing. Then he says he's sanctifying you, he's working on making you act like Christ. And that's a different story. Where are you in that process? Are you still hard headed? Are you still hot-headed? How's your mouth? What are you doing with your eyes? What are you doing with your body? What are you doing with your attitude? See, that's progressive. That, and, and don't say, well, that's the way the Lord made me. Don't blame that on God. That's you. God didn't make you that way. Sin did. And so, are you, are you becoming more and more like Christ? And by that... Are people accusing you of the fruit of the Spirit? Then I see love in you. I see joy. Oh, I just see so much patience. Where do you get it all? Where do you get that self-control? Well, I had one of our men threatened this week by rough people, and the old life, it would have got ugly. But the Spirit of Christ produced a different response, a different response. So I'm sanctified, I am perfected, I'm in the process, I'm being processed to learn to live holy, and now this new sacrifice implements the new covenant that we'll celebrate tonight because we're going to drink the juice that celebrates the covenant was made on the basis of Christ's shed blood. And we'll restore a woman at the Lord's table tonight because there's forgiveness found in Christ. She doesn't have to pay forever. This is a covenant that I will make with them. After those days, declares the Lord, I will put my laws on their hearts and write them on their minds. God, through Christ, is going to internalize his law, internalize our faith, So that he changes our heart and our mind. He does something in us that's not external to us. The new covenant said it won't be written in stone like the Sinaitic covenant was. It will be written in your hearts. Jeremiah 31. He does something in you. Ezekiel said he will wash you. He will cleanse you. He'll give you a new heart. A new mind. He does internal makeover. Put a brand new engine in the car. Brand new heart. That's in you, and that's not bad. Not too bad. We, you know, I grew up with uh, pretty strict Christians, and always, always hearing this story, what if you uh, got drunk on the way home from church? I thought, man, I'd have to drink a lot of communion juice. Why would I get drunk on the way over? But anyway, the story went that way. Or if I just got mad or something, what if you died? Would you go to heaven? One sin, you know, no sin can enter there. That means none of you are gonna make it. Because we're sinners saved by grace. And I used to hear my dad said, You know, I sin all I want. Dad, how can you say that? I said I sin all I want. I drink all I want. I cuss all I want. I look on women all I want. I cheat on my wife all I want. Whoa, what are you saying? If God hasn't taken care of the want to friend, you haven't met him. He's got to do something on the want to department. Do you want to cuss? Go ahead. I grew up in Richmond. I know all about cussing. Why hasn't your internal machine? Change that you don't want to cuss. Why do you want to cuss? You've never had regeneration take place. you never got the new heart inside. Nothing going on inside of you. Why, why hasn't any cleaning up been going on? I drink all I want to drink. Well, go ahead, order up. Order, order at least 18 quarts so when you die you won't feel it. And we get people in religion, and we try to change you on the outside. But only God can change your insides. That's right. And here he said, I'm going to do something in them. I'm going to put my law in them, so I don't need to be walking along rule number nine, rule number 10 mm-mm, yeah, mark that off. Mm-mm. no, according to Galatians, you just walk in the Christian life. You're not even looking at the law. And at the end of the day, he said, did you keep the law? He said, well, I don't know which one you're talking about. He said, well, d- did you... Uh commit murder? Did you uh, commit adultery? Did you steal? Why? No, I didn't do any of that today. And I didn't even have a copy of the law in front of me. Well, why didn't you do it? Man, you you could have got ignorance let you get away with it. No, no, you see, why would I want to do that? I'm walking in the spirit. I'm walking with Christ. I want to be like Christ. I love Christ. I want to walk in love. Why would I cuss you out? I'd like to tell you how to go to heaven. I like to tell you God is good. I like to tell you how he forgave me. I got a new heart. I got a new vocabulary. I got a new walk. I got a new talk. I got a new desire. Where did you get that? I got it, bought at the cross, and installed in 58 in South Richmond. That's where I got it. The cross bought me a new heart, and I picked it up in 58 came born again. I can still cuss as good as the best of them, but no longer does the Spirit let me get away with anything. It's terrible when you know him. You can't get away with anything. God, that word fits. He needs to be called that. Don't you do it. But I want to. And then you hang out around with Ron Hughes, you learn different abbreviations. And, and, and it cleans it up. Just cleans it up. Because, boys, sometimes just a nice word, but well, doesn't fit that guy. He needs to. But be good to your enemies. Love those that despise you. You've got to be kidding. Love them. I didn't learn that in Richmond. Hit them back. Cuss them and run. <laughs> who? Who? Who taught you? What course did you take to change your insides? What? Wrote it on our heart. And he said in Second Corinthians 3, this commandment is not written on stone, but on the fleshly hearts, not by the finger of God, but by the Spirit of God. I've got it written inside, and I don't need you to be quoting me the rules. The Spirit is in charge of the new man and woman in Christ. Your new creation, new creation. Then he says, I will remember their sins and lawless deeds no more. Well, my my friends won't. They still hold it against me. He won't, she won't, they won't. Where there is forgiveness of these, there's no longer any offering for sin. Listen to some of the hymns. Uh, When I think of this, my brother Paul and his wife, they used to sing this song years ago. What sins are you talking about? It goes like this. I remember the days when I was bent low with the burdens of sin and strife. Then came Jesus in and rescued me and gave me a brand new life. Now as I thank him day after day for washing my sins away. It seems I can almost hear the voice of the blessed Savior say. What sins are you talking about? I don't remember them anymore. From the book of life. They've all been torn out. And I don't remember them anymore. Come on. I'm not a singer, but you get it. Can God say to you, I don't remember your sins anymore? Well, he sure used the language. Psalms 103 said, I've cast them as far as the east is from the west. And tell me where they meet. Try that. I cast them into the sea of forgetfulness. See, God chooses to forget. You haven't forgiven until you choose to forget it. That it may take some time, but it's a choice. I don't want to remember that against them. You know about the boy that he said he was nine years old before he found out his name wasn't stupid. Because his dad just kept reminding him, you don't measure up. You don't do this. You don't do that. Isn't it terrible to be around people that always bring up your negative, your faults. And God said, the blood of Christ has enabled me to never remember that you ever committed a sin against me. Now, I want to tell you, friend, that is a profound truth. Listen to the old hymn writers, then I'm done. Not the labors of my hands can fulfill thy law's demands, These for could not atone. Thou must save, and thou alone. In my hand no price I bring. Simply to thy cross I cling. Listen to this. Oh, but listen to the word. Just as I am without one plea, but that thy blood, thy blood, not my works, thy blood was shed for me. And that thou bidst me come to thee, O Lamb of God, I come. Could my tears forever flow? Could my zeal no longer know? These for sin could not atone. Thou must save and thou alone. In my hand no price I bring. Simply to thy cross I cling. I've been listening to a song I ran into accidentally. It tells about the thief on the cross that in his last moments he reaches out to Christ. And I believe you're the son of God. I want to be with you in paradise. And Jesus said, this day I'll see you in paradise. And the song picks up the theme that when the thief and murderer winds up in paradise and in heaven, someone asks him, how did you get here? And he said, I have no deeds in my hand that I've done. I've done no good works. But one told me, the one who told me I would be here, said, tell them. You came by way of the cross. The only people in this place going to heaven today are the ones who have come by way of the cross. Until you put your faith in this one sacrifice, once and for all, quit doing meritorious stuff. Quit quit all the religious works. Quit worrying about all the rules. You know, my early days here, and I wish it was a day. Clean them up. Clean them up. Get them saved. Clean them up so they look like Christians. Oh, Baloney. It's not my job to make you look like a Christian. Only God can do that work. I want him to do something in your heart. And it's my job to get you to take pain off, put pain on, wear this dress. Man, we have to tell some of our guys, chick, you need to watch out. You're not going to a Friday night bar. You're meeting with God's people. So don't show us more body and we need to see. That's okay, isn't it? And what are we going to do? you dirty rotten Now We're going to put our arm around her and say, come on, honey, we're going to teach you how God's going to sanctify you. In the meantime, you're perfect.
0: Life forever in Jesus Christ. That's the title of our series here in the book of John. And We trust our time together today has encouraged you in Christ as we work our way through this wonderful gospel. It is our hope and prayer that chapter 20 and verse 31 will come to bear on your own heart and mind that you understand why John wrote what he wrote for the purpose of believing and having life eternal in Christ. To review a copy of today's program or to obtain the entire series, we would ask you to get in touch with us here at Truth For Today, and there are a couple of ways to do so. You can call us at 855-833-9864, or you can stop by our website, valleybible.org, And take advantage of the resource materials that we have posted there as well. You're also welcome to write to us at 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278, Hercules, California. The zip code 94547. And as always, your gifts make a great difference here at the ministry. No matter how large or how small, your financial contributions to this ministry allow us to continue presenting the gospel here on KFAX. As a TFT sustainer, we would also like to pass along your way a quarterly newsletter, along with our once a year special gift and access to take a break with Pastor Phil, the weekly video devotional that we have. Again, these are all just simple ways of saying thank you for supporting us financially, realizing that this broadcast is presented daily here on KFAX through your financial involvement as well as your prayerful support. One other note, as we close out our time together today, we would like to invite you to join us for worship here at Valley Bible Church in Hercules. You can find out all of the details and directions at our website, valleybible.org. That's valleybible.org. We thank you for spending time with us today. As always, it is a pleasure to share God's word with you. And we look forward to the next time when we can do it again, here on Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard.